Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming to you live from beneath the ruins of Valve, it's Buckle Movie Club. And welcome to Puckle Movie Club. I'm your host, Ethan, here today with my co-host... Lord Jishiro. And uh, he's going to be kind of helping me through this. He's going he's gonna to be taking me by the shoulder and, and pushing me along, because I am a little woozy, let's say. Um, You're in a happy place right now. <laughs> uh, happy place is one place, one way of putting it. Uh, I, got, I got some mouth surgery done, so... Forgive any uh, loud smacking or mispronounced words in this episode. I I could basically only open my mouth thirty three percent. Jushiro is feeding me with a spoon. It's uh, yes. it's quite something. It's um, romantic. It's definitely romantic. But yeah, we're we're here covering Pokemon Generations, the original video animation, or original online animation in the Pokemon franchise. And, uh, yeah, so you guys might, you're all pro- probably pretty intimately familiar with it. It's been coming out for past few months now. We're approaching the end, and uh, we're going to be covering the first six episodes in this episode of Puckle Movie Club. Uh, we just figured there's too much really going on to cover the entire thing in one episode. So, yeah, we're going to split it up over several months. Um but, Which uh, means that they just have more of our beautiful voices to hear, too. Yes, and hopefully next time uh, I'll, I'll be less mush-mouthed. Pokemon Generations 2016, done by Studio LLM. It was ordered by the American branch of the Pokemon Company to uh, accommodate the releases of Sun and Moon and to kind of you know build up interest in the Western audience. For what we know, this is unprecedented. Because the American dub, or the English dub, came out first, and Japan uh, was waiting for... Uh, their chance to see it until earlier in December. Yeah, until the, they didn't have any generations to uh, see in Japanese until this. I think it was the 9th of December, not too long ago. And uh, I just think this is payback for all those years we had to wait for Pokemon games. So you know, you could yes. take a, you could take a few months. Yeah, they came out for for freezies on YouTube, which is really fun. And uh, I think I think we're seeing a trend towards that in the Pokemon franchise. If you guys remember. Origins was released online for Freezies. Interesting they, little rollout. Yeah, it's it's part of their celebration, right? This is still part of them celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Pokemon, which is was the practically, possibly the only good thing about 2016 huh. was the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Uh, and this was, uh, I would guess, USA's contribution to the celebration, where they were the ones that said, hey, uh, we want this made, uh, and we want to dedicate uh, these, you know, 18 episodes to uh, every generation of Pokemon we've had for the past 20 years. So it's super awesome. Yeah, it's really nice to have something just memorializing the the legacy and uh, the history of Pokemon. And yeah, well, so we'll, we're going to dive into that. Um, do you want to get right into episode one then? Let's go. Okay, so uh, episode one opens with the classic menu screen that we all know and love from Red and Blue, much like Pokemon Origins did. Um, and then we see Trainer Red, or I guess we're just going to call him Red. He throws out what I like to call Lumpy Chew in a, a battle <laughs> against Caterpie. Uh, this is yep. presumably somewhere in Kanto, by the way. Yes. Uh, and I say Lumpy Chew because he's really like forward heavy. He's got a huge head. He's and, adorable. Yeah, it's a really interesting take on Pikachu. And I'd say this is like the most off model that they get in this show. 
because uh, some because mm-hmm. some of the designs are a little bit changed for whatever reason. Um, but uh, yeah, Lumpy Chew is what we'll be calling him. And um, so we go from Kanto and we flash forward to Johto, where uh, Red is fighting Whoopers in Ecrotique, yep. and it's it's actually this really interesting little battle uh, on in uh, I guess like a, a riverside. Like a creek, I would say, uh, yeah, close to Yikotik City. He's following the whoopers on down the stream and shocks them to his own shock that, hey, they're ground type. I don't know. Ekertik has, has a really inspired design in this. I don't remember what city it is in Japan, but there's there's a, uh, a city with, that's notorious for its like beautiful rivers that just they've incorporated into the city. And it reminds me a lot of that. I'd have to look it up. And then we flash forward uh, again to... Uh, he's fighting a slackoth in the the Weather Institute in Hoenn. Yeah, and uh, it's this little conflict on a bridge. Uh, it's pretty fun. I forgot to mention each of these battles is uh, abruptly ended by like the, the appearance of a legendary Pokemon in Kanto. It's a was it a uh, it was a Moltres? I think so. No, I don't remember, and I just saw that today. Or maybe it was Zapdos. Maybe it was, I think it was Zapdos actually. Yeah, uh, and then in Johto, it's Ho Oh. Uh, and then in... Lugia, actually. Oh, it was Lugia? God. Yeah. I just... <laughs> forgive me, the codeine. And then in in, in Hoenn, it's uh, Latios and Latias. Yes. Uh, and then we flash forward again to... This is a montage. This is all done in montage style. And we flash forward to Snowpoint Temple, where they are battling a uh, Probopass. And uh, this is in Sinnoh. Uh, and they get interrupted there by a... Um, Oh, Regigigas. Regigigas, jeez. Oh, yep. it's uh, so yeah, they get interrupted by Regigigas. And then from there, we, we flash forward again to Relic Castle in Unova, where they're taking on the Volcarona at the end of the Relic Castle, which you remember, of course, from the games, which was actually kind of neat to see. Uh, that, that was actually probably my favorite sequence is this, because you can see, you know, they, they're crawling through the desert and then getting buffeted by the storm and stuff. It's really, yep. really fun. It's really nice to notice also that progressively as the episode goes on, Pikachu gets more competent and competent as a fighter. Oh, yeah. He's getting he's getting pretty tough by the end of this. By the end of this. Yeah. Um, so then we, we flash forward to Terminus Cave in Kalos, where we're taking on some Noivern or a Noivern. Uh, and then what, what breaks him up there? I don't even... Oh, no, it was a Zygarde. It's a Zygarde complete form, is it? The oh, end? the complete form at the end, yes. yes. Uh, but I take that as Gen 7. Like, oh, they, this is yeah. their way of saying Pikachu's in Gen 7. Uh, yeah, so then we, we pull back from there, and we go back to the Earth, and then we get the Pokemon Generations logo uh, appears. Uh, so, yeah, this first episode, it's a big montage of, like, here's all these things we're going to be touching on. Do you remember this region? Do you remember this region? And, uh, yeah, so the it's animation looks quite nice. Service. Yeah, it's basically yep. a fan service montage, and it's like, get hyped, because there's a lot more of this coming your way. Yeah, so the animation looks very nice. I wouldn't say it's quite on, like, Origins level, but again, Origins was a more of a traditional OVA, and this is just an yeah. online animation. And uh, the battle yeah, this choreography... This is totally made by a different team, yeah. This is a different team within OLM. Yeah. The, the choreography, what little choreography there is in this first episode, is... I mean, it works very well. You know, there's there's some thrilling moments. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's a pretty short little first episode. Sets you up for what you're about to experience in the rest of the show. Yeah, it really did show what it what it meant to be shown, right? When that is a, a treat, a little treat that celebrates what Pokemon is and why this is called Generation and now acknowledges all these different adventures that we've gone through the games that we're now going to be able to pay tribute in this series of 18 episodes that they're providing. Uh, and I really did like it. I like it a lot. It really got me hyped for the whole um, for the whole series. And I think it was very smart of them also that acknowledging that, hey, this first episode is great, but it might not be enough for first episode. So when they launched this, they actually launched it with the second episode as well. Oh, okay. I did, I did not know that, that, that it came yeah. out with, with the with the second episode. Yeah, yeah I was episode gonna... one and two was, was released simultaneously. And it was a great idea because many people would have watched this one episode and went like, just like you said, it's like, well, okay, but this didn't tell me anything. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it doesn't really give much for an audience member who's not super familiar with the entire franchise. Like, you yeah. really need to be uh, uh, an old-school fan to really appreciate a lot of the references and, like, where they go. But, yeah, I, I wonder if it's almost like a warning, like, hey, man, if you're not down with the Pokemon, you're not going to get much out of this. Um, <laughs> it was good. Um, One note I do have to have, and I have this issue. It's not really an issue, but it's, it's a personal issue with uh, Pokemon Origin is the fact that they do not use their Pokemon names, right, when they right. talk. 
Pokemon don't say Pikachu or whatever they do. They make actual animal noises. My problem with that, I don't as it's as an artistic and what I like it. My problem is if you put animal noises on Pikachu and I see Pikachu getting his little tail whipped, mm-hmm. I suffer more <laughs> because I no longer view it as a you know fantasy character in a video game or a show. I now see it as an actual mouse being just completely kicked one side and the other, and it just pains me to see it. It's less uh, less of a willing participant and more of an exploited animal. Yes. It, it kind of drives <laughs> home that, like, it's teaching kids to to fight dogs or whatever, you know, that hysteria <laughs> nonsense. But, I don't yeah, wanna... I see exactly yeah. what you're saying. But anyways, you ready to move on to episode two? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so episode two opens with a very serious-looking looker uh, getting briefed by some dude from the government on oh, Giovanni. Yeah. This looker means business. Um, yes, he's he's got very very serious shadows on his face. And he looks haggard. Um, so uh, the government, we flash back to the government taking down the game corner, um, which is apparently uh, this Team Rocket's primary source of income or one of their primary sources of income. And then they're investigating and and uh, interrogating Team Rocket members, and they can't get anything out of them because, uh, as they mentioned multiple times in this episode or in this series, Giovanni is just too darn charismatic. Uh, oh yeah, that darn Giovanni. Uh, they won't sell him out for anything. Uh, yeah. So then we flash forward, I guess. To this, the, <laughs> most of these episodes are montages, so continuity is kind of interesting. Um, There's a lot of jumping around on them. Yep. Um. So we we. Flash forward to a raid led by Looker on the Viridian Gym because they find out that Giovanni is the gym leader there. Uh, Spoiler alert. Which is, how did they not know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, don't you have to like register? Isn't like a pretty official thing? Or can no, anyone just start a gym? No, apparently anybody can start a gym. You got enough money, man. Um, <laughs> blowing the whole thing wide open. But anyways, uh, so... They do interesting things in this episode with, by having the Pokemon aid in the raid. Like uh, Magnemite picks open the lock on the gym and Machamp and Arcanine take out some walls to help yeah. them get through. Uh, which is fun. I'd say it, it, you, I, I like it when they when the Pokemon are employed in some fashion other than fighting in the series. It's uh, Yeah, it was a nice touch of seeing like, oh, if there was any type of SWAT team in the Pokemon world, this is how they would operate. And they would use Pokemon instead of tools in order to do what they need to do. And that, that was a pretty neat look into the Pokemon world that really doesn't get that much exploit, uh, explored in the regular anime series where they just trainer and battle-based only. It's also nice seeing a competent police force in this series. Um, <laughs> well, dep- describe how you, uh, how you would describe the uh, competent because at the end of the day... Uh, okay, yeah. So they get to the, uh, the, the battlefield of the gym and lo and behold... Giovanni's gone. He's escaped. He's gone. Yeah. So apparently, this is when the reveal happens that they're like, "Hey, uh, he was the gym leader here, but he only all gave this away time. yes, all this time, and he only gave away two badges, and we know who those badges went to as the audience. So that's a fun like, ooh, dramatic yeah. irony. Um. So yeah. Uh, so this is when everything kind of started to come into focus of me, like what these episodes were going to be. Um, which is they're just going to cover a part of the because I you know I hadn't been paying attention to like much surrounding it I just went into it pretty blind so I was like okay so they're just going to cover different subplots from the Pokemon games yes. which is really fun um, it's those little parts of the game that you didn't experience things that happen in the background yes. uh, while you were playing and you only experiences by uh, arriving at the place uh, later on or just because you were told this what this actually happened. So exactly. this is assuming that this is right after the player Red fights Giovanni, and then you leave, and Giovanni dismantles uh, Team Rocket, and that's when the Sweat Team comes in. Of course, we don't see that as players. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's interesting how they they take some different perspectives on events that we know very well. Um, and this is the episode that really sold me on the art style. Uh, I kind yeah. of it's very very crisp, and because they're putting all the episodes up in HD, it's like. Wow, everything looks so premium, and um, I I almost think that this is in some ways more true to the series than to the games than like the anime traditionally is. Well, yeah. that was the point. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's it's it, it looks very nice, uh, and this this is a pretty solid episode. 
Um, I have to agree. I really enjoyed it a lot. It, uh, the only thing I, it was kind of puzzling for me is uh, Looker. Uh, that Looker is very different from the Looker from the games, which is less serious and more goofy. Yes. Uh, more of a goofball than anything else. But it was still nice seeing him play a, a larger role in, in this series. And it's not the last time we'll see him. No, not at all. Uh, we'll be seeing him very soon, in fact. Um, so, yeah, you ready to go on episode three? Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, the Elite Four gathers, and they're talking about... This is the Kanto Elite Four, by the way. Uh, they yeah. gather, and they're talking about, like, how no one's gathered eight badges in some time. And, and uh, they're, they were acting, like, surprisingly evil. Yeah, um, and Lorelei giving this, oh, well, you're not going to be able to wa- uh, see him pass me because I'm going to beat him, and... We'll it see. was yeah it was they came like it was definitely a, a final boss vibe that they gave mm-hmm. i think that scene's like underlit or something it just kind of makes them look a little bit more intense yeah um anyways so uh blue approaches the elite four and says probably my favorite line in the entire series so far which is uh <laughs> the greatest pokemon trainer in the world that is me <laughs> <laughs> what a goofball blue's a major goofball he's a cor- yeah. he's a corny dude in this episode and i oh, love yeah. him for it uh, so yeah he goes in and makes quick work of lorelei and uh then he then he hollers some more he's like see that i happen to be an incredible genius <laughs> oh he's yeah. great he's yeah, great he's fantastic I, I really i think blue is one of my favorite parts we of can, this series yeah so far. we can elect him as president at this point oh my gosh yeah he just has to have a few more controversial views and we're there um <laughs> uh yeah, so actually, uh, in the Lorelei battle, there's a really interesting sequence where um, we get a POV of Lapras being taken down by Alakazam, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, um, which was which was kind of cool. It caught me off guard, and I didn't really know what was happening at first, but yeah. once I figured it, I'm like, ooh, okay. Uh, POVs, are, POVs don't really happen very often in this series, so, you know, different For those who don't know, POVs are a point of view, and that's usually oh, yes. used, right, when, when your, your eyes are the camera. Yes, you're you're seeing from the perspective of the character. In this instance, it'd be it's Lapras, um, and the whole world gets flipped upside down as Lapras or as uh, Alakazam does this. Uh, I guess like a, a psychic suplex on him. Yeah, psychic uh, probably. Uh, yeah. So then we move on to Bruno, and um, Bruno yells. <laughs> he yells yeah. in the beginning. By of the way, <laughs> sorry. Uh, going back to Lorelei, I just Go love ahead. how she just says at the end, "It's like fine, I'll let you." proceed it's like you didn't let him he beat you what are you gonna so stop loser? him with <laughs> yeah. your pokes are all wiped man it's over uh <laughs> so anyways yeah we move on to bruno and uh the battle ends with bruno's machamp getting thrown onto him and yep. um this be either this is a very small machamp or bruno is gigantic because <laughs> he he gets thrown in the wall and they're like roughly the same size and what what is the size of machamp do you know off the top of your head because I, I know he's huge and yeah. he's heavy so he's not a small pokemon at all this bruno is is just a he's a he's a flesh pillow man he's a he's a flesh cloud yeah um, he's gigantic, but anyways, uh, then we move on to Agatha, and Agatha taunts him. Uh, I don't remember what she taunted him. Oh, she makes fun of uh, of uh, his grandfather because his grandfather's yeah. Oak. And he's like, I figured you'd be completing your Pokedex, and he's like, Pokedex is just a tool on the way to becoming a great trainer. Yeah, um, he was so like, hey, don't compare me to that old man. I'm like, whoa, chill, Blue. Dude, he's a legend. Chill. Come on, man. Yeah, take it easy. Uh, so, yeah, we don't even see how that battle ends, but we know he wins because he moves on to battle Lance. Uh, oh, well, and- before that, though, we have to talk about that magnificent entrance that Gengar gave. Right. Where the Pokeball was on her staff or her walking rod, and she just knocks on the on the, on the the floor, and a shadow pops out of the Pokeball and appears as Gengar. How can we not have that on the game? Please. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's a very interesting way of introducing him. Um, uh, kind of reinforcing, like, the ghost-ness to him. Yes, uh, it was pretty epic. Yeah, good stuff. Again, really great, very good choreography in this. Um Yep. Uh, I guess it's because we're getting spoiled. We're getting spoiled. I feel we are, and I think it, it has to do with the fact, right? Since they're so short, they have time to pick on the details. This also uh, makes me think that the people making these are fans, if yes. that makes sense. Like, it's, I think we're getting to the point where people who are 
in charge of like the animation department in in massive studios like this will have been will have grown up with Pokemon and have like a reverence for it. Um, yeah. Rather than it being like a a churn out <laughs> churn out something studio, you know what I mean? Like there's a it's kind yeah. of a labor of love at this point. Definitely um, is, and it shows. So we move on to Lance, uh, and then Blue talks about how awesome his Blastoise is, as if he's never seen a Blastoise before. He's like, <laughs> you, "This one's really powerful," and it's like, "I've seen a Blastoise before. I'm like three times as old as you." <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, you get a, it, it's a Dragonite v Blastoise, and uh, Blue does it. He he, he defeats Lance. And uh, he's become the champion of the Elite Four. And then yep. he's sitting atop the throne, which I, I guess there's a throne at the Elite Four. Um, actually, uh, there is, right? I don't remember. Yeah, there is. Yeah, no, there's definitely okay. a throne. Uh, well, in, in the game, no. But he, in this video, yes, there was a throne. Because he's talking about, he's like, I'm going to sit atop the throne. Uh, and he does. And then we see Red Approach, uh, which is a perspective that we've never seen before. Uh, again, we're get, we're getting like... But the story behind the story in these. Um, so this is probably my favorite episode of the three so far. Um, Blue is just an absolute monster, and I absolutely love him for it. Yes. Um, again, really, really neat POV shot. And um, while the dialogue is, like, weirdly clunky, uh, I think it kind of adds to the weirdness of this whole thing. I like it. Yes. It's, it's an interesting aesthetic to have. Because we- everyone's so bombastic, man. I like yep. it. But I that's like how they lot. are, right? This is how that's how the Pokemon universe are and those Elite Four are that bombastic. In fact, I, uh, the thing that Bruno uh, screams at the beginning, he's like, show me your Pokemon. That's actually what Bruno says in the game. Okay. So the, they're also bringing actual, you know, lines from the game and, mm-hmm. and putting them on this, uh, on the show. I, I love the, like the eccentric genius of some of these people. Because they're yes. all such characters. But uh, yeah, so that covers the first three episodes. Um, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Catch you on the flip-flop. Flops! Hey, this is Ethan from Puckle Movie Club with a quick commercial break. Just letting you know that if you send an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com, we will answer your questions. So, so ask us questions about what we think about movies. Tell us what you think about movies. Even just send us whatever you're up to. Gmail account is pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Thatch, and I wanted to let you know how you can improve your Puckle experience. First, you can come to pucklepodcast.com where we have a chat box and forums where you can talk to many other Pokemon fans who also listen to the show. You can keep up to date on the latest Puckle news by following us on our Twitter, liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our subreddit, and following our Tumblr. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, though. It helps us find more people to come and hang out with us, and we can have larger tournaments because of it. And, if you're feeling generous, we also have a Patreon, where you can donate in return for some awesome rewards. And as always, thanks for listening, and for all the support you give us. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. And we're back! Hello! And we're going to be reading a quick email for you guys. Uh, you can reach us via email at pucklepodcast.gmail.com and put in that subject line, Puckle Movie Club, and we will read your emails on the podcast. Um, next month, we'll be covering uh, The Rise of Darkrai. So if you have any thoughts on that movie, uh, hit us up about that. Uh, we've got some in the hopper waiting for that episode that are specifically related to that. So we will read those ah. on that episode. Um but uh, right now we've got a a uh, an email from uh, G Knight. Uh, so here we go. Hi guys, I've sent an email for the Puckle Movie Club before, but I often forget to sign my emails, and apparently it's become a thing at Puckle to ignore unsigned emails. Okay, so we're going to start this email again. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> he's uh, not wrong. Uh, he's it's right. very important for you guys to sign your emails. Okay, we're going to continue from here. Sign your emails, please, so we know who you are and we can give you credit, because we'd love to hear your voices. Um, okay. Um, apparently, it's become a thing at Puckle to ignore unsigned emails, or maybe they're getting caught in a spam filter. No, they're not getting caught in the spam filter, as we just said. Sign your emails, please. My first em- message for the Puckle Movie Club is as follows. Been listening to you guys since you were... <laughs> been listening to you guys talking about Pokemon 2000. Most of the dub edits were not warranted. 4Kids Enter- Entertainment is run by Dodo Heads, and I'm so glad they lost the rights to Pokemon. It was you even and me w- both, brother. 
It was even worth losing most of the original VAs for it. The ludicrously excessive dub edits were not from cultural issues. It was typical four kids, uh, four kids Toros crap. I hope Winsicott understands this. To add, despite the dubbing errors in the ninth movie, the Pokemon anime is still way better off with Pokemon USA. Oh, and I enjoyed Jirashi Witchmaker. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess a lot of the dub edits are just um, for the sake of changing things. Uh, I guess sometimes I believe either the joke. I mean, I, some edits are understandable, right? So if it's a cultural thing and we don't get the joke because we're not Japanese, then uh, there is a merit to translate to something that maybe a different audience, or such an American audience, can understand. But some of it is just plain ridiculous. That doesn't really make sense. The why they changed it. Just changing it to like maybe make it a little bit more kiddy, if that makes sense. Kind because yeah. there's a certain. Um, stigma in the u.s in terms of like children's films and the level of humor that they can have and you know if there's not a certain amount of jokes per minute like you need to right. kind of up that and I, maybe that's what it was for who's to say uh and, and also it doesn't help the fact that nintendo has been notorious when it comes to censoring games that come over to the west <clears throat> as they have been censored uh censoring like fire emblem and and these games that Obviously, in context, yes, some of these censorship are needed. I mean, you could fondle characters <laughs> in Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's not such a great idea for a game that you're making yeah. E for everyone. But still, there's some things that are like, really, does that does that need any type of censoring? I don't think so. They're just going that extra mile, I guess, to make it extra, extra sure that kids are okay. Or let me scratch that. Parents are okay yes. with whatever they're doing. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Is to just keep the as as few complaints as possible. The kids are going to watch it anyway. Uh, I feel like is the mentality, or was the mentality at least at that point. Yeah. Um. And anyways, in regards to you enjoying Jirashi Wishmaker G Knight, uh, I'm I'm really happy for you. I'm glad you found enjoyment in that movie. Um. I wish. But that you're wrong. <laughs> it's. Well, well, the official uh, there's no official opinion of the Puckle Movie Club in regards to that. You know, I'm only I was only one of three on that episode, so you know. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you found enjoyment, and I wish I wish everybody could enjoy all the movies. That would be amazing. Oh um, yeah, I'm sure there's uh, there's a favorite for everyone. I guess. Of course. Um, yeah, Jirachi's just not that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just racking my brain. Like, what would even be my favorite of the ones we've watched so far? I mean, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Can I? Does Origins count? <laughs> I think Origins should count, though it's not a movie. But uh, if I had to choose from the movies that you have reviewed so far, I, I Mewtwo Strikes Back still is my favorite. Mewtwo Strikes Back is pretty good. Uh. I'll always have a soft spot for, um, gosh, I forgot the name, uh, Rayquaza. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Deoxys. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I will uh, always have a soft spot for Destiny Deoxys. Destiny Deoxys, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, me too. Me too, I, I agree I with you there. really love the city in that. Um, but anyways, yeah, so you ready to get on to the, the content of the episode? Get on to episode oh, four? Oh, yeah, because now it's my favorite episode so far. All right, here we go. So, um, episode four is an episode that follows Lance. Uh, we are at the Lake of Rage, and we have a flashback of Lance fighting a red Gyarados. Um, and then yeah. he, and he's like, what, what could be causing this Gyarados to be so angry? He's just so furious all the time, and he's so cool. <laughs> How can I make my Pokemon cool like him, too? I don't, I don't think that's what his actual goal is. But anyways, <laughs> um, so Lance storms a Team Rocket strong... Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's hilarious that he has, makes such a fuss of how rage Gyarados is when... Isn't Gyarados known for its rage? That's isn't like it the thing. Isn't it just being ragey all the time? That's like the it's thing. It's like being outraged because Ellen likes to dance. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> Ellen is dancing. What in the, What's going on? It's No, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres just dances all the time. She likes to dance. What is? Who's pulling the strings behind the scene? Who's causing her to dance? And it's just, you can't stop her. You can't even stop her if you wanted to. She's a dance machine. You can lock yep. her up, but her crazy legs will always go. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyways, so Lance storms a Team Rocket stronghold, um, and uh, he makes some quick work of some goons Pokemon. Um, 
and then he he approaches the general in this like control room where uh where can, the... can we talk uh one second about the lamest walk in anime history when the team rocket grunts were walking towards lands and they're all trying to look all smug and cool and just look completely horrible i loved that actually i thought it was really funny <laughs> it and, like, was so bad it was great i like people acting overly cool and being fools so that was like candy for me um, it was just hilarious they're and all the mean they're mean right either kind of like it was they, it just looks so bad. Oh man, I look because there's like a forced perspective thing going on there. I really liked it. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was really <laughs> they charming. They didn't make any. They didn't make any efforts of them actually looking like they're moving, so they just looked like they're walking in one place and not actually moving around. It was just hilarious. It was great. I'm not. It's, it's... I'm not complaining. I'm just having fun with it because I I just laughed so hard when that came up. It's kind of like um. Like a bunch of goons in an '80s action movie walking yes. forward, you're like, "Hey, hey!" I love that stuff. So that's right up my alley. I actually distinctly remember that being one of my favorite parts of the episode. Um, so yeah, he makes quick work of, of of the goons Pokemon, and then we uh, he heads into like the control room of the facility. Uh, also, sorry to to keep <laughs> going back if, to if that. There's something I'm uh, overlooking. Hit hit me. The fact that I understand a Dragonite uses flamethrower. Right, mm-hmm. uh, to take out the goons, and Magnemite was the only one that survived. Was kind of <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I don't know if Magnemite knows Sturdy as a Pokemon ability and just held on to one HP, but I thought that was just so. Of all the Pokemon that got flame thrown, he was the one that survived the blast, and it was just kind of funny. I'm like, I'm like the target audience for this in terms of I'm just like, oh my god, he's shooting flamethrower. Let's go! Like, like I do. <laughs> I mean, it just completely goes over my head. I'm just in it for the ride. I'm like, get him, Lance, get him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I, I, that's. I mean, you're probably you're you're correct, but I'm like the the ignorant viewer who's just who just wants to see Pokemon attack each other in this regard, like in this episode. Oh no, it was great. It's just it's 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 all these things are just so funny and ironic mm-hmm. that you just need to laugh because it's it's just it's part of its charm yes uh it's kind of pulpy like i think this is i think the the looker episode is very much like this too i think mm-hmm. this whole series is almost pulpy in terms yeah. of like um if, if you don't understand what pulpy means it's like uh, a little bit larger than life um some of the dialogues kind of heavy-handed and, and and corny but like for the sake of it you know yeah. um it's and, intended that way. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, they try to make it cool and failed. Thus, now, no, they intended it to be this way from the beginning. It's almost like a subversion of cool, if that makes yes. sense. Uh, so yeah, uh, we head into the control room for real this time, uh, <laughs> and uh, he battles the Team Rocket general, and the general throws out a wheezing, which uh, Dragonite just smashes the heck out of it. Uh, he nails it yeah. good. Um, and uh, he he gets both the general and the wheezing in one blow, I believe, uh, effectively taking them both out. Yep, because Dragonite's one big badass in this he's, episode. He's a G. So the next thing Dragonite do, uh, Lance tells Dragonite to go ahead, and because uh, he sees that there are uh, electrodes being used to power this machine, he's like, we can't have can't be having that. So uh, Dragonite smashes the ever loving heck out of Team Rocket's computers, and. Uh, and, and like he just stomps them. He's just stomping through huge sheets of metal. It's awesome. Unstoppable. Yeah, I, I, this is. I mean, it just makes him look like the strongest thing ever, which is super cool. Yeah. Uh, this this is officially where I kind of went into like dork mode, where I, I was yeah. just like, oh, so cool. Well, it was. It's also great seeing a Pokemon so underrated in the anime as Dragonite actually playing uh, a, a a role of a powerful Pokemon because well, we've seen Dragonite multiple times in the series, but he never does anything in this in, in the normal anime. Well, it, he's so cute and squishy looking. Like he's like the cutest version of a dragon you can you can believe. And to yep. just see him get all stern and stomp through stuff is wonderful. It's just the best, yeah. Um, it's like a uh, gosh, what was that children's show about the dragons? Um, Pete the Dragon? No. Uh, drag. It's like watching a character from Dragon Tales stomp through a machine. It's just nothing. It just works so well. It's so wonderful. Uh, so it is. Any- it's really good. Yeah. So, anyways, they free the electrodes, and um, then then he they they they, they free the electrodes, and and it's the machine's dead. I guess. 
yeah. sorry oh god a little bit loopy right now um yeah. <laughs> the electrodes do break free and as soon as they break free they notice the the team rocket general grunt of boss and immediately right. uh, proceed to self-destruct or explode which is kind of hilarious um and uh so yeah then we cut to lance staring out over the lake of rage as uh red gyarados howls at the moon i guess yeah uh did you cut off there no i'm here okay great uh yeah so, so red gyarados is howling at the moon and then the uh the episode ends um yeah so I forgot to mention, we caught a little glimpse of uh, the, the player character from Pokemon Gold, Gold and Silver there, yep. Ethan, um, which, is, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Um, and I, I, th- I guess this is the episode where I, I fully came to terms with, like, we're not going to be, these aren't going to be connecting, really, in a super meaningful yeah. way. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy the, it, like, just the individual Gaiden aspect of these episodes, uh, Gaiden meaning side story. Um, so yeah, this is this is a pretty fun episode. It's a little it bit really like, um, I don't want to say inconsequential, but it, it all moves so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, maybe that's just the the, the uh, result of it being so entertaining. Is you're just it's just blit like just flying by at a blistering pace. Yeah, it was it it was five minutes of a of an action sequence, right? So it's like when you watch a martial arts movie, you really it can have the best story in the world, but you're really in it for the martial arts and the all the the flashy stuff. And this is what we got out of this episode. It was p- practically Pokemon eye candy. It was a chance to see Lance and Dragonite just be there and take some names and kick some ass. And they ran out of bubblegum and they just make quick work of the whole team rocket, uh, base. And it was just fantastic. It's, you know, it's almost like an eighties movie and it's like, the objective is really simple. Stop the computers. And then, you know, they beat up some bad guys. They beat up the biggest bad guy and then they smash some computers, which is, you know, what more can you really ask for? Yeah, it was great. Uh, My love it. This is definitely so far my favorite episode, uh, of generations. Uh, so we're on to the next uh, episode five, and episode five uh, opens with Silver uh, from uh, Golden Silver uh, walking angstily ro- along a road, and then Looker approaches him and confronts him and immediately asks, like, hey, kid, is Giovanni your dad? <laughs> Which is <Yeah>. pretty rude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, shush. It's on the world know to know. Excuse me, is your dad Hitler? Is your dad Pokemon <laughs> Hitler? Excuse me. Can you... Hey, kid! <laughs> it's just—it's quite rude. Quite rude of you, yeah. Looker. He's—he's he's a, oh, he's a someone needs to teach that dude some manners. Anyways, oh, yeah. uh, we get a flashback to to the radio tower incident from Gold and Silver, um, and uh, you have a grunt calling out to Giovanni using the radio and like, Giovanni, come to us if you're still out there. And alas, he does not come out. He—he uh, nope. he, he stays in hiding. Um. And Looker reiterates at this point that Giovanni is indeed very charismatic. I think this it kind is... of makes you wonder why he's really finding, <laughs> you know, trying to find Giovanni here. It, it, it's, it, it does give me a, a sense of those, uh, those movies where the villain and the cops are like in a, in a deep, twisted uh, relationship in the sense that they depend of each other, and it's like it's like Batman and the Joker. Batman and the Joker, right? Where they're obsessed with each other. Maybe he's just a fanboy. Maybe he's like, yeah. "Oh my god, can you sign my baseball cards?" Like that uh, kind oh of. Oh my god, this? I just want to. I just want to join Team Rocket. That's all I want to do. Uh, Looker would be pretty. I mean, he could probably get in a Team Rocket. If, he could be like a higher ranking general. He's got so uh, much information think, on the police. Yeah, I don't think the bar is that high to enter Team Rocket. No, <laughs> not at all. Um. Anyways, uh. So yeah. Uh. Silver says that he hasn't seen his dad in three years, and then we get a flashback to Giovanni leaving, uh, oh. and Silver yelling at him, calling him weak, because he could gather all these cronies that he wants, but when it comes down to it, he's not a very competent... I mean, he could get taken down by a kid, uh, yeah. which is true. I mean, everything he says is true. It's like yeah. a, maybe simplifying it a little bit. Like, these are... One of those kids is, you know, now a... Uh, now the, the champion of the Elite Four, so cut him a little yeah. bit of slack. <laughs> um, and this is obviously a callback to um to the scene that we get from Hard Gold Soul Silver. Uh mm. right where uh if you inc- if you manage to get a Celebi and you bring it out to the shrine of time, you're able to see this flashback. Uh I believe it's 
is it gold or silver or maybe this was in gen 5 this is in uh oh, so what were you saying uh i, I can't the, recall the event. where but the event it, there's the events in gen 4 it's in it's in heart gold and soul silver it was the the celebi in, okay, in 20 yeah. i think it was like a 2011 a celebi or something yeah um yeah uh, i i actually really love that event <laughs> uh yeah it I mean that's as explicit as it ever gets in the games because you know it shows you at that point. But this is uh, this might be a, like a lesser known fact to some. It's entirely possible that people play all of Heart Gold Sil- or all of Gold Silver without realizing that. Oh yeah, Silver this could be completely kid. news to to a lot of people because no, the only ever mention that Silver is the son of Giovanni is in that moment. You really, I don't know if it maybe it gets alluded to at some point in the game. But there's never a straight line to connect these two characters, and it was through this one uh, event that you can unlock on the game if you have Solobi that you know the true the truth, which is that Silver is uh, uh, Giovanni's son. Yeah, I, w- I would I would almost be interested to see like what you if you showed somebody it's like, hey, did you play Gold and Silver? Check this out and just see if they had had any sort of inkling if that was the case because I don't yeah. think it's I. I don't think it was terribly explicitly stated in the games. No, but, I don't think so either. Um, so anyways, uh, Silver says that he's doing things his own way now and that uh, and that he's got his Pokemon by his side and he made it to the Pokemon League. Um, and uh, his final statement is that, I decided to stay out of my old man's affairs and, and he thinks that his father has decided to do the same. So this, makes, this episode leads me to believe um, this Giovanni guy, even if he's charismatic, he seems like a real jerk face. <laughs> oh, he is. Leaving For sure, team, he is. Do you think Team Rocket knows that he's a that he's a deadbeat dad? Do you think they know that? Um, who who knows that? Do you think like his cronies know? Like, hey man, that's like. Do you think do you think they know that that he left his kid? Are they like? Oh, I I, I think they don't care. It's like that's uh, that's not cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it comes in with uh, with uh, evil organization where it's just that's not really what they care for. I mean, Giovanni paints that that um the picture of this man that doesn't care for anything but wealth and, and power which perfectly would resonate to a kid uh who has that type of parent it's just being completely ignored because you're obviously not high up on the list of priorities of your father of world domination and being rich are the top two priorities you're not even in the top 10 so we're seeing uh, uh, this this absolutely speaks more of silver than it does of Giovanni because it pictures a really clear picture of Giovanni from the get-go. He's a bad man, but on silver, on hey, this is not just a uh, not necessarily just a kid who came into Professor the Professor's lab and and stole a Pokemon. This is a kid crying out for help because he's the son of one of the most dangerous, most wanted men in Pokemon world. Uh, and he's just looking for an outlet to escape that life. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of nuance to that character, which is like a, a lot of characters in Pokemon, not lack, but they just don't get like the same kind of, um, mm-hmm. the same kind of backstory. Um, yeah. And I have to say, this Silver seems like the most pleasant incarnation I've ever seen of him. Because in the mm-hmm. games, he's a he's, oh, he's a know, jerk. He's yeah. standoffish to say the least. Yeah. Um, well, he, he's he's he, what he's a bully is what he is uh, during the uh, the game. And why is it a bully? Well, because everything starts back at home. Yeah, man. <laughs> and this a, is our public it's service. It's nurture. Announcement. It's nurture, man. Um, yeah, and it also paints a different like uh, different stroke on your rival, right? When you begin uh, the first generation, you have a guy who had a relatively nice life. He was just arrogant and, you know, and full of himself. And that was his flaw. Here you find a person that might seem arrogant and, and, uh, but when you realize there's a lot more depth in the sense that no, no way, this is a problem child versus Gary, well not Gary, sorry, versus Blue, who's not a problem child. He's a spoiled child. He, he came child. from a really great family. He's spoiled. That's the problem exactly, and he's just arrogant and full of himself, and that is his character flaw. Well, Silver's character flaws are very different. The legacy that Blue has is like le- a legacy of excellence. Uh, in his episodes, like, talking about how he doesn't want to be compared to his grandfather, even though his grandfather is a like widely respected professor and like he's a legend. You know, Professor Oak is he's a legend. Like he hands he hands out every new 
new trainer their Pokemon and he's beloved whereas uh, Silver is also in the same way like not trying to be his father he says in this episode I got my Pokemon by my side whereas his father explicitly states in his episode um, Pokemon are nothing more than tools for to help Team Rocket and world domination you know all right and on to episode six uh, so yeah episode six is a a throwback to a character that I basically forgot about. You've seen. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyways. A lot of people did. Uh, Homie is going after Suicune because that's what he does. That is his character yep. is that he likes Suicune. Uh, yep. So he goes to the burn tower and he's like, why Why won't you come back, Suicune? And then we get a flashback to what happened to the burn tower, which is again a, um, uh, a, a, a piece of the... Pokemon franchise that might be forgotten because um, yep. this is a really pretty dark, <laughs> pretty dark backstory. Uh, it definitely goes dark in this one, yes. Uh, so we see what happens at the Baron Tower, which is uh, these three Pokemon were trapped inside of this, ta- you know, the tower, which was once a beautiful uh, monument. W- w- what's up? Oh, yeah, no, I was saying that these three unknown Pokemon, which basically look like what's the name of the legendary? Oh, my God. The, the the legendary the perfect one. Oh, Psyguard. Oh, perfect. Uh, oh, perfect. Uh, like perfect. Uh, like uh, godlike. I, I, well, he... <laughs> oh, Zygar- oh Zygarde. Oh, Like, are you talking like fifty percent or whatever? He fifty percent form or twenty four ten percent form, which is a dog. Right, so three 10%. of those died on that uh, on the, apparently a died on on that tower because huh. God knows they're just three government pinchers. I I had no idea what that those is, silhouettes were about. That is a really interesting take. <laughs> I, I was oh, just kind of like. Yeah. It's the Pokemon, like. <laughs> no, I, trust me, it's that. I'm I'm making stuff up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I believe. Hey, it's man, hilarious. You sold hilarious me because they definitely look like the Saigar ten percent forms, the Doberman pincher form. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get my forms so, uh, down. It's, yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Um. Yeah, that's that's a really really good take. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, three three of those burned down in this tower. <laughs> And um, Ho-Oh comes and revives them using his rainbow magical powers, sparkle energy, yeah. happiness, friendship, or whatever, whatever it is that Yusin says. Uh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, this is a... God, this wh- now adds to another, uh, another theory. So Ho-Oh came by and revived these three dogs. What if Ho-Oh came into the first episode of Pokemon and revived Ash after being hit by the thunder? That's a pretty good dude. Write it now. Write that fan theory right now. Mind blown. What's the premier Pokemon fan theory website? Uh, I have no idea. You know what? Just put it right <laughs> on Bulbapedia. It's fact. Yeah. Fact as much as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of other other instances where Ho Oh could come in and intervene. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what? Ho, I think Ho Oh came and intervened in that one episode where Ash has to hit it that that hitting machine or the pitching machine, and uh, and uh, he's batting one. Remember when Rock yells, "He's batting one thousand! <laughs> maybe maybe Ho Oh bestowed bestowed him with some magical pit, uh, magical hitting energy. Do you remember that episode? I love that episode. I, I do remember vaguely some parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. Anyways, uh, <laughs> tangent. Maybe I'll put that. I'll I'll put every episode I've mentioned into a Puckle Movie Night at some point, and it's just like <laughs> that one. Uh, that top we'll just play that one three times. Ridiculous Pokemon episodes ever. What's that? Oh, <laughs> the top, top 10? ten most ridiculous episodes ever. Top ten most powerful Pokemon, and it's a picture of Ash with a baseball bat. <laughs> uh, oh god we should do te- we should do terrible countdowns that's yes, we should i'm gonna um from for the second year of puckle movie club i'm gonna on every episode i'm gonna have a terrible top five which is just like horribly that's factually for- incorrect <laughs> and, anyways back to this so it is it is a fact that pikachu actually mated with that ketchup bottle there you go and then we got ke- we, then we got pikachu Pea ketchup, ketchup, ketchup chew. You can take your pick. Yep. Uh, you can't leave him in the daycare for too long, man. Anyways, um, so the people of Ecruteek throw rocks at the Pokemon uh, because they came back from the dead, and they're like scared of that uh, because yep. they are they're pansies. Uh, so the Pokemon flee, and uh, you seems like Sweet Coon, Sweet Coon, why won't you come back? And then and then he does. 
And then one of Photo's feathers fell, falls to the ground. And then that's the episode. <laughs> no, you were talking about episodes that nothing happened. This is yeah. an episode that nothing happened. It was just like, oh, okay. That just went on. <laughs> it's it's just there's no arc or anything. It's just him <laughs> recounting. It's him standing in front of the burn tower. He's like, I hope thing happens. Let me tell you a story. And then the thing happens. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine like i'm cool with it like it's exactly. you know and it's kind of the nature of having a show like this is that there's going to be varying quality of episodes and, <laughs> and it's not that this one's terrible or anything it's just it's a little bit goofier you know and, and, and again it brings it's part of its freaking charm it's yes. just that it, it's you the, we we talk about this because when we were talking about, I remember we we reviewed the movie and we talk about these parts in a movie and it's kind of taken in a different aspect because it's a two-hour movie and things don't work, things are way too goofy that they just don't work. <laughs> but here, it's just perfect. It's like the goofiness or the rel- ridiculousness of it just works to its advantage and you just can't feel anything else but just being utterly in love with it because of it. Absolutely. Um, it's... The, the the things that because nothing's really really bad in this because it's yep. not like they have to fill time because the episodes are so small but the things exactly. that are a little bit awkward or goofy can't possibly overstay their welcome because they're only four <laughs> minutes long so like exactly That's it's like exactly if this it. was if this was like 10 minutes of like a movie i'd be like come on but because it's yeah. four minutes like it's like this little it's this little goofy vignette and you're like all right on to the next one <laughs> yeah so, I'm, I'm in i'm in it Let's yeah go. yeah um yeah so i, I think we could move on to our, our what what we think of this what we think of this oddity and i i i love it i, I really really love what's what's happened so far in pokemon generations it's yes just so so unique it's a unique thing in the pokemon franchise and in yes. a different you know how like pokemon origins is um let's 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 talk about it this way pokemon origins is like is like mario and pokemon generations is like luigi you know what i mean in, in yeah. terms of you know <laughs> origins is like this the it's like the standard for which all yeah. pokemon things should be set to it's like this is the pinnacle of the serious real deal yeah like we're taking Pokemon seriously, and Pokemon Generations is ridiculous. He's running around a mansion with a with with a vacuum sucking up ghosts. Like, yeah, gotta... yeah. Origins is the hero we needed, while Generations is the hero we just want to root for. Yes, absolutely. That's a, <laughs> yes, it's perfect. It's it's exactly what it needs to be. Uh, yep. <laughs> I I I I have not seen um, I have not seen anything beyond this point. I hope it only gets weirder. It does. It does oh, get good. weirder. Thank you have goodness. not seen any future episodes yet? No, this is it. Oh, it will get good. Uh, it will get not only weirder, it does get pretty darn dark. Sweet. Like, very dark. Awesome. I'm stoked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really love this episodic format, and it's so easy to consume. You can just go right through it, but um, yeah. It's a serious departure from Origins, and that's totally cool. Um, yep. I would have been honestly pretty disappointed if they had just done Origins too, um, yeah. because it's you know they already did that and they did it as well as they could have possibly ever done. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't really. And we don't, yeah, and we don't need a protagonist anymore. We don't. We already have that. We. This is what we wanted. This is what we didn't know that we wanted, and that is a look at the Pokemon universe, not surrounding a particular character this is just what happens in this world i want this an is entire what happens thing. On, a, on a normal day i want an entire episode about um the dude who always does better than you at the bug catching contest and how crazy his bug catching contest must have gone like <laughs> you know what i mean like i i yep. want i want to drudge up the depths of the pokemon french i want to see like the weirdest of the weird side stories if they ever do a season two I hope it's just straight comedy the entire time because uh, not that this is comedy, but it's just weird. I, I, go weird yeah. with it, man. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it and so they far. They do. 
It really is. Uh, Generation has been one of my highlights of this year, and and it's exciting to talk about it now with you here, uh, Ethan. And and there's so much good to come. Wait till oh, you get there. Oh my goodness! And yeah. then the last episode will air next week or this week, the day tomorrow actually. So after, you, if you're listening to this on Thursday, stay tuned tomorrow for the last episode of Pokemon uh, Generations. Uh, yeah. So we'll be covering more of this in the future. Um, because I have to, because I just love it so much. I got to keep going. Uh, but yeah, next month we'll be hitting you with an episode about, about, uh, the, the rise of dark cry, which is the first in a trilogy of movies. Um, and, uh, for the next generations episode, Jushiro will be joining me once again, uh, to have a giggle fit over how amazing this is. (laughs) So, Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks again, Jushiro. Um, Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, PuckoPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, put that uh, put that Puckle Movie Club in the in the subject line. Uh, I'm happy to announce uh, if you're listening to this uh, the week the, the week of the 24th, we will be doing a Puckle Movie Night on December 24th. So yeah, we're going to be watching some holiday themed episodes, uh, secular yeah. holidays, please. So everyone's welcome to join. Yeah, uh, so yeah, come in then. Uh, it's going to be at five, four, five? What do you think, Jashiro? <laughs> Jashiro, what do you think? Do you think we do four or five? Uh, Eastern standard, standard time? Eastern. Eastern, five sounds fine. Okay, it's going to be at five o'clock Eastern. Stan- Eastern, is it standard right now or is it daylight? It's standard, right? Yep. It's gonna I be- know that many people will be with their families, but uh, this is going to be an escape for all of you who don't like your family to be able to come and join with us, your true Poco family. And even if you do love your family, sometimes you just need a break because, <laughs> you know, Auntie Barbara's putting your crazy Christmas sweater on that she knitted for an entire year. Yeah. And it's like, Barbara, it's great, but I haven't been into Power Rangers since I was five. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's got the Pink yeah, Ranger right. on. It's like, I mean, Pink Ranger's dope and all, but like... Yeah, you kind of messed up a little bit. TV with her, you know, crazy conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, you, you can yeah. just join us here in some puckle goodness. So yeah, five o'clock Eastern Standard Time, December twenty fourth. Be there, please, because we want to see you. Uh, so yeah, uh, from beneath the ruins of Elf, I have been Ethan, and I'm Lord Yashiro, and uh, it's closing time.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.